You are listening to a Geek Network interview. Be sure to hit the follow button to get notified when a new episode is available. You can also visit us at geek-network.com for your guide to the geek entertainment news you love. Created for geeks, by geeks, and remember to always geek responsibly. Thank you, listeners, uh, for tuning in again. I uh, just want to say today we have a very awesome guest. Uh, we have uh, Justin from Stormland. How are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. And yourself, Daniel? Not too bad. Thank you so much for asking. I appreciate it. Thank you. So uh, I'm excited for this. Uh, like I was saying uh, in the pre-interview, this is the first uh, podcast appearance I've had outside of uh, the metal world. So I'm looking forward to speaking to a whole new crowd. Oh, nice, nice. Hell yeah, this, is, this should be a good one. And right uh, before we get started, I know you have two new um, um, singles out right now. Yes. But I definitely want to say, you know, definitely give Test Subject a, a listen. Um, out of Vesper and Test Subject, just want to say Test Subject really did it for me. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And uh, I know... Uh... Lita Page, the guest vocalist, it did an amazing job on its part. Uh, sorry, Lita uses uh, it, its pronouns just so everybody knows. Uh, it's also a member of the bands The Hallowed Catharsis, who are another science fiction themed death metal band. Uh, they do more aliens and stuff, and they've got new material hopefully coming out in the next 12 months. I know they're hard at work. And then Lita is also in Jisei and Sissy XO, which are uh, cyber grind bands. Oh, nice. Definitely getting your uh, genre out there and then uh, blending different types of metal. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I try and keep an open approach to uh, what influences I bring in because once I run it all through my filter, it's still going to sound like me no matter what I bring to the table. So test subject yeah that has the big bomb string riffs and then esper has some latin influence in the drums and in uh some of the rhythms and you'll hear other influences throughout the album as well some that you might not necessarily expect okay i just want to touch on test subject uh what really did it for me was like that really strong bass intro um if there's a lot of bass i'm digging it i love the deeper notes and definitely that's what pulled me where uh, you know was that bass intro that's actually not a bass that's the eight string guitar i'm just Ooh. using my uh low e i tune e a sorry not e a e b e a d g b e so it's standard <laughs> tuning with two sorry with the low B and then the, what's normally a low F sharp drop down to E. Well, thank you for correcting me. And that, that's actually awesome. It resembles a lot of a really deep, you know, bass. Yeah. Uh, I know it's not quite. Uh, Mick Harrison, the guy that did the Doom soundtracks, he also made a lot of use of, I think that's his name, right? Mick Harrison? Um... Or. The guy that did the Doom soundtracks, regardless, yeah. I know he used a lot of extended rage guitars. I think he actually used a nine string. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he goes even lower than me. Yeah. No, Mick so, Gordon. That's the guy's name. Okay. Yeah. And um, so what I've been able to find out online, um, a couple of, like metal arc 
archive websites and uh, that sort of thing. It says that uh, you've actually been active since 2003. Yeah, just putting out the odd demo on my own as I could. And eventually I, I just got better at writing songs on my own. I stopped worrying about trying to put a band together, just used the audio skills I got going to college. And I just began writing everything myself. Mm -hmm. programming the drums playing the bass playing the guitars doing the vocals and just trying to get better as a musician a songwriter and an engineer no that's actually impressive being able to be you know kind of like a one-man show being able to program everything and just uh, going up there on stage with the guitar and you know doing your thing with the vocals as well well i don't actually play live but uh okay. thank you no it's <laughs> uh i'm a little too self-conscious to just go up there and be the guy playing two uh backing tracks I mean, you can always piece a band, you know, together if you ever decided for, but, you know, that's so impressive yeah. being able to program everything. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I don't know. I think I might be a little old for touring. I got, I have a family, I have kids, I work full time and uh, it's the kind of job I can't take a lot of time off from, but uh, you know, it, that's just how life is sometimes. And uh, I'm okay with that. You know, I don't need to go out there. It probably set my anxiety off being <laughs> on tour and, uh, you know, not everybody's mentally built for that. That's true. So uh, with being around, you know, and launching, um, you know, from 2003, like uh, what inspired you? Like what made you want to do kind of like a, uh, you know, Gundam themed band or music project, I should say. Well, originally it was just, oh, what am I angry about? What can I find to be angry about? And it was just kind of, you know, a little edgy, not the greatest politics to start when I was younger, but I got older, I smartened up and I met my wife and uh, stopped, <clears throat> excuse me, stopped being angry all the time. And I needed something to uh, write about. And uh, I eventually settled on using Gundam as a lens to uh, look at different things. Okay. And uh, definitely uh, inspiring, like, you know, the uh, the angriness, you know, the anger, the uh, edginess, like uh, what uh, would you say are some of your, uh, you know, uh, biggest influences behind your music? Uh, right now, uh, one of the biggest influences, definitely a legion. They're uh, technical. Sorry, they're a technical death metal band who actually they're the ones that inspired me to get an eight string guitar. Uh, they just put out a phenomenal album this year called Damnum that I really suggest everybody check out. Uh, but it'll be their last, sorry, the vocalist on that album just left the band recently, but, oh. uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. He's, he wasn't their first vocalist and he's going to move on and do great things, whatever he does. And uh, I think Allegiant will continue to do great things as well. So it's musical mitosis, two great things out of one. That's true. And, um, uh, going back on your comment about, you know, not being the first singer, I mean, it happens to a lot of bands. Look at Bruce Dink uh, Dickinson. He wasn't the first, you know, uh, singer for yeah. Iron Maiden. And now he's back. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, Ozzy came back to Sabbath. Dio wasn't the first Black Sabbath vocalist. And he came back a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, that's just the way of the world. Sometimes people drift apart. They come back together. Such is life. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and um, being, you know, um, you know, uh, a Gundam band uh, or group. I'm, I'm well, just yeah, band it's works. Even, you know, it's yeah, one okay. man band. Yeah, 
Um, you know, what would you say uh, your thoughts on G Gundam? Uh, because I know a lot of fans uh, don't really tend to like that series. You know what? I thoroughly enjoyed it when I watched it. It has its problems. You know, there's definitely some racist presentations in there. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Japan, it doesn't always have the best track record on that. No. But uh, otherwise, I enjoyed it. You know, it was a nice, refreshing change from, you know, just the dour way that Tomino left the uh, Universal Century stuff. It was, it was a nice bit of a reset to do that kind of super robot martial arts epic take on Gundam. <laughs> Yeah, no uh, weapons or uh, special abilities like, you know, the shining finger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, you don't see that in Gundam usually, and that's why having it in G Gundam is a refreshing change. Yeah. And besides, how many other uh, mecha anime literally see the final battle resolved with the power of love? <laughs> I want to say probably not too many. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you were... You're not going to see that in uh, Votoms or uh, Gao Geiger or anything like that. Especially not Power Rangers either. No. When they get in the next. Definitely not. <laughs> and also, um, just curious, um, you know, started listening to your stuff uh, probably about for about two weeks. Um, especially want to uh, listen a lot of your stuff before diving into the interview here. Um, haven't been able to go throughout uh, through the whole discography, but do you incorporate any uh, Gundam sound effects in your in your tracks? No, I don't, because I probably couldn't afford them. Uh, <laughs> what I do to get around that is, for instance, my last release was an EP called Incident Report. Yeah, it's got a long name. We'll just call it Incident Report for short. And I basically wrote a little side story and I hired uh, Fallon Bowman, uh, formerly of Kitty and currently of Amphibious Assault, to come in and do some voice acting. Okay. And so she played the role of a uh, commander and all her lines were delivered as spoken, like a libretto in an opera. Mm -hmm. And then I just did the death metal stuff for the rest of it. Okay. Damn. Okay. <laughs> No, I, yeah. I, I actually dig it. <laughs> yeah. I know it's uh, as far in terms of storytelling, I, I like to tell us an actual story, uh, mm -hmm. describe something instead of just trying to create a feeling. I'm trying to create a picture, an image of like a mini movie in your head that maybe put you through the uh, in the eyes of someone or describe something else or describe somebody doing something or basically i'm just trying to be take a king diamond like approach to it okay i don't know how familiar you are with uh king diamond but he's a metal act who's been around for a long time both on his own and with his original band merciful fate just tells these big sprawling concept albums sometimes multi-album <laughs> concepts and just tells these uh spooky occult stories i can get behind that and you know, listening listening to you explain, it kind of reminds me of, um, I don't know if you know who uh, Porter Robinson is, um, DJ, um, but basically he tells a story through his music as well. Um, but he also plays instruments uh, while he's doing his sets, but everything in the background is just like an anime that like his team produces or like, you know, drew up. So 
you know, you're trying to tell a story with your song, kind of feel like you would go with, the, you know, kind of same vibe as well, like having animation in the background, kind of also doing the storytelling as well. That's what I pictured. <laughs> that, well, that that would be a pretty cool thing. And I mean, I'd love to work with Bandai, Sunrise, Namco, or whatever the corporate entity's called, but uh, <laughs> you know, that's on the list of uh, dreams that will probably never come true. <laughs> never say never, man. Never say uh, never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, it's I don't think uh, until they do the death metal Gundams OVAs <laughs> like they did with uh, Jazz on Gundam Thunderbolt, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But that's okay. I'll just enjoy what they create. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know, when starting out the project, um, did you tend? Uh, did you get a lot of? uh you know kind of like the side eye like and size like oh here comes like another you know band based on like some sort of you know geek culture and like kind of giving you like the side eye and just like we'll see how it goes kind of thing and like not really believing in your project or like you know what was it like uh when you're pitching you know to your friends and family like your idea of what this is going to be you know they just my friends and family just encouraged me you know not it's better than being angry it's better than just random violence mm -hmm. and it lets me spread my creative wings and that is ultimately what they appreciate about the project even if they don't enjoy the music <laughs> and that's quite all right but yeah. they've been supportive and that's all that counts i'm sure there's lots of people out there who look at and give me side eye i'm sure there's lots of people who think oh how can this be science fiction? It's from an anime. <laughs> uh, because, you know, there's elitism in metal and there's certainly been a trend towards cosmic horror in mm -hmm. some bands for lyrics. And one of the big releases a couple of years ago was from a band called Blood Incantation, uh, called, sorry, with an album called Hidden History of the Human Race. I don't know if you saw it, but it had a, an album cover which featured a crouching alien perched on a cliff top that was used on a science fiction novel in the 1950s and people just went completely wild over it. Oh man. No, it's interesting. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can, I can send you links after this if you want to check it out. I wasn't totally into it, but it's a lot of people enjoyed it and that's what counts. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you got the, you know, the love and support from your family. That's what, you know, is important. And I meant to say gimmick. That's the word I was looking for. Yes, we need a gimmick. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know everybody's trying to base, you know, not everybody, but there's a lot of people who try to base their sound off of one certain thing and they go gimmicky and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, just using a lyrical theme helps and it's a broad lyrical theme. So I actually prefer the term lens. It's a broad lens that I can use mm -hmm. to look at things. You know, I can look at war itself. I can look at individual battles. I can look at the things that people do around the war, the, like the suffering it causes and the traumatic effects it has on the people involved and the people who are just trying to get by around it. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, being, um, you know, being a songwriter, um, what do you um what do you really pull for uh pull from i mean i know that you you know um have 
you know, use Gundam lyrics or uh, Gundam titles in your songs, but like, um, what do you really pull from? And like, what do you tend to do? Like if you hit, you know, writer's block, cause that does happen. <laughs> uh, if I hit writer's block, I tend to just take a break. I have other hobbies. I build Gundam models. I've actually been uh, working on my first diorama set from that recently. Uh, you know, I've got a build, sorry, I got a base that included a building and an overpass mm-hmm. and I battle damaged one and one kit that I had. And next I'm going to build a kit, another kit to go into that and uh, basically hide behind that building. Uh, a gym sniper is the name of the mobile suit that I'm planning to build the okay. kit for. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so there will be so once it's done, there will be the damaged mobile suit slumped over the overpass, and then hiding behind the building with the rifle poking through broken windows will be the uh, sniper. Okay. Yeah, that's the plan. Anyways, we'll see if it works. It's <laughs> awesome. And uh, besides, uh, you know, Gundam and metal, like uh, what um, you know, what other things do you geek about? And besides, you know, building, uh, you know, your, your little Gundam models. Yeah. Uh, in general, I enjoy anime. Uh, I like professional wrestling. <laughs> you know, I like, I'm a big fan of uh, AEW and uh, I'm sorry. That's something I try and watch every week. You know, I do enjoy watching movies, especially with my family. I like introducing my kids to older movies and it's been fun now that I've got Disney plus yes. you know, watching <laughs> some of those uh, classic Disney movies with them. And uh some of the not some of the more recent ones that aren't quite classics yet right uh, yeah. pretty awesome um i think you and uh jackie daytona have something in common uh you know he's a big wrestling fan as well <laughs> ah well if he ever wants to have me on to talk wrestling i'm down uh it's i i enjoy it i liked it as a kid i Sorry, many years ago, I ring announced for some local independence and I got to meet some people who have moved on to bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see, it's cool to know that I got to see them before they moved on up. Nice. That's always cool. That's always a fun story to tell. Like, hey, you know, I know that guy, the guy on TV. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like I, one show I ring announced was a charity show at some ranch. Mm-hmm. for uh disabled kids and uh kyle o'reilly who's on aew worked that show and he was just the nicest guy just the night just the nicest guy and i'm so happy to see him succeeding in aew yeah you know um and despite like the personas that they have to put on like i've heard so many things that like some of the wrestlers are like the nicest people that you'll ever met yeah they're huge but they're like the biggest you know teddy bears you'll ever see around <laughs> Some of them are, yes. And I mean, just like in anything, there's some that are not so great. Right. <laughs> and there's the, yeah. Well, we'll just leave it at that. You yeah, know, we don't just... have to name drop or anything. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. uh, what anime? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to ask, uh, what animes are you currently like watching or like are a must recommend from your side? Uh, right now, I'm actually going really old and i'm watching fist of the north star Ooh. uh but i'm waiting yes i'm waiting for the next season though the fall season to start because i'm looking forward to the second season of uh spy x family yes. and the new gundam show uh the witch from mercury which from mercury i've heard of that one 
but I've been stepping away from anime for a bit. So, yeah. I mean, I just got into Spy Family. So, yeah. But uh, they've got a prologue up on Gundam Info, the official YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So you can go and watch that for free and uh, get stoked if uh, that is indeed your thing. But uh, no, like that'll be good. Spy Family will be good. Uh, I just, I'm not, I think there's an Urasei Yatsura reboot coming as well. And that should be fun. But you know, I'm just a Rumiko Takahashi fan. Uh, <laughs> from go- going way back so uh you know i'll i'll watch that one and hopefully it'll be good you know yeah it, it'll be interesting to see how it's handled these days uh, i'm pretty sure a couple of things might get changed up who knows <laughs> yeah and that's fun. and you know that's fine adaptions yeah. are just that they adapt things to the time yeah and uh i I think uh, I was talking to one of my buddies, uh, Fist of the North Star is being brought on Netflix here shortly, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. I've been watching it on uh, Crunchyroll, so uh, I don't know. I don't have Netflix at the moment, but uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully it, hopefully if they do, it does well. I know that there was talk of, I think they were doing a Trigun reboot. Yeah, or Netflix. a sequel maybe. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm, I'm excited for. I mean, I was a fan of the show growing up, so. Yeah. I never actually, I, that's one I never watched. Uh, here in Canada, I didn't have YTV as a kid, so I didn't see a lot. So I didn't see Gundam Wing or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did get to see some stuff like Macross Plus and Ninja Scroll and Akira Raijin Z on uh, some of the Canadian channels, but uh, that we had like Teletoon and Space, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a ton of stuff on. No, it's not like uh, Cartoon Network with Toonami. Right. Which is interesting enough because, uh, you know, uh, the Ocean um, studio is, is based in Canada and they dubbed a lot of anime uh, pretty early on as well. So it's interesting that you don't have a lot of access to it. Uh, I know it was just a matter of not having the right channel on my cable. But uh, funny story, when I was getting my uh, I was learning audio engineering, when I was going to college for that, Mm -hmm. my goal was actually to end up working at Ocean Studios. But by the time or at least some kind of post-production job in film. But by the time I graduated, the bottom dropped out of the industry. So (laughs) I just ended up having a very expensive hobby I had to pay student loans for. I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> it's all right. They're paid off now, thankfully. Yeah. But I mean, now with uh, technology, I mean, if you still want to do audio engineering or maybe voice acting, you know, you can do it all yeah. online pretty much. Sending your yeah. tapes. <laughs> yeah. Voice acting is just, it's so hard to break into because uh, yeah. you look at different shows. Like, I, like with the shows my kids watch on, uh, you know, Teletoon, Cartoon Network, all those different mm-hmm. ones. You can hear the same voice actors over and over. Yeah. It's like, Kari Payton is great. Craig Sipes is great. But I don't need to hear them both every second show. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, but voice acting just doesn't pay well. So it kind of stays closed in because you need to pick up a ton of gigs to be able to make it workable. Right. Um, I went to a convention in Texas uh, where Funimation Studios is at. And it was a, a all Dragon Ball con and... Um, Cynthia Kranz, who voices for uh, Chi Chi in Dragon Ball, was like, Hey, like, if you're not successful, you're like, you're still gonna have to keep a day job. You have to be, you know, keeping at it and actually build your portfolio to actually be able to do this full time. 
Yeah. Because I, I would wager that the average working voice actor, like the one who's doing it full time, is probably doing anywhere from six to ten shows at a time. Yeah, you're probably right. That sounds about right. Yeah. And then possibly going to cons and stuff, but you can't always yeah. think on that. <laughs> They're probably making more money at the cons than they are, sorry, selling stuff, like selling photo ops than they are off right. some of the shows. Exactly. There is a big debate in the anime community. How do you, uh, where do you tend to lean on, uh, sub or dub? Uh, depends. Sometimes I will be more interested in watching the dub. Sometimes I will be more interested in watching the sub. Like if I'm trying to get my kids to watch something, it's easier if it has a dub. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not the fat, you know, they're eight and six. They're not the fastest at reading yet all the time. So Mm -hmm. subs can be a little fast moving for them. Sometimes a dub is more appropriate, you know, especially some of the older, uh, you know western dubs for stuff that went on that was meant for kids tv you know right like the like the original dragon ball stuff uh samurai pizza cats oh i love pizza cats <laughs> yes and i made my kids watch it my daughter actually enjoys it because it's so off the wall <laughs> no i'm i'm very lucky in that respect uh that uh i can find things that i like that my kids will also like i'm not gonna force them into anything it's just a matter of trying to help them find what they like and what they want to do as hobbies and things like that. Okay. And um, so I have a two-parter here. Um, how do you feel about like the death metal like genre going on in Japan? And then also um, death metal anime intro, like which one is your favorite so far? Oh, there's, you know, there's just some really good stuff going on in Japan, you know, just on another level musically, even if it's not strictly death metal. Uh, surprisingly enough, I actually don't listen to a ton of Japanese death metal. I listen, to, I'll listen to more of the traditional or power metal or pop metal stuff. You know, mm-hmm. baby metal is good. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, bandmate is also good. Uh, but as far as death metal goes, uh, Bloodstained Child it is really good. And I'm surprised. I don't think I've ever heard them specifically doing an anime opening, but I'd like to see them do it with the uh, trancey synths and uh, the melodic death metal combination. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Then beyond that, uh, Maximum the Hormone uh, are great, and they've done a whole broad swath of openings, uh, even starting back from Death Note, which when which is where most people, including myself, discovered them. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, probably same. <laughs> But that's on me to get more knowledgeable. Uh, you know, I, I do listen to a lot of North American metal. Uh, there's some India. There's some stuff going on in Indonesia as far as brutal death metal. That's uh, really good. There's this one kid out there. He does. It, the, he's got the most ridiculous band name, but he's really good. He does everything. He does the drums even. Like plays Ooh. the drums. Uh, the okay. band's called Anal Stab Wound, and it's just. Like I said, it's the most ridiculous name, but it's. I feel it's like wild. I've seen a shirt somewhere. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, they're like just the stuff that's coming out around the world, whether it's like from Russia, from Africa, from India, from the Philippines. It There's sorry, from South America. There's a lot of really good stuff on the come up. Nice. 
Yeah, definitely. Always trying to keep my ears open for new anything that's like metal. So it, yeah. that it's that EDM or pop. That's uh, that's mainly my goat three coat <laughs> yeah. subjects or genres of music that I go to. Yeah. And sometimes it's fun to mix them. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the mobile suit breakdown podcast. Uh, they've been, sorry, it's a husband and wife team that have been going through episode by episode in production order, mm-hmm. covering all of Gundam. Uh, they, sorry, I believe F 91 is what's coming up next from them. Okay. Like that's how far in they've gotten. They've gotten through uh sorry, they got went through the first one, they got through Zeta, double Zeta, they got through the SD shorts, they got through Char's counterattack, another run of SD shorts, and now I believe F91 is next. Ooh. And <laughs> yeah, so they've been at it for a they've been at it for a while, but uh at one point uh, they were actually kind enough to commission me to do a at least in part cover of Anime Janai, which was the f- first op for gundam double zeta yeah and while it's not on this album it was recorded as part of the sessions and that'll be on a future ep in full that's actually, the full japanese lyrics that's actually uh I'm, I'm glad you brought it up that's actually on your uh i uh yeah itunes i guess or apple music whatever you want yeah. to call it all but, it's all on all your uh streaming service providers of choice oh there you go <laughs> also spotify I, ha- I have both don't ask why but i have both <laughs> No worries, but uh, no tax write-off in your case because uh, you know it's media. You need it to you need to cover things. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so we have this from a fan. Um, how excited are you, or are you excited in general about uh, Gundam: The Witch of Mercury? I am very excited. I think it's about time we have a female protagonist. It is like there are those that might have been a little better if they focused more on the like on a the female pilot like if uh Gundam C sorry if Gundam C had maybe put more focus on Kigali that might have been a little better a little mm-hmm. less Kira a little more Kigali uh I don't think you really could have done it on Iron-Blooded Orphans uh on uh, Gundam Gino Reconquista uh, you could have probably gotten away with a girl pilot uh, turn, Gundam Turn A, I haven't seen yet, but I heard that uh, the main character, Loren, it was presented the way he was in response to Tomino being told, you can't have a girl as the protagonist. Oh, but crap. It, <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, it's about time. You know, we're over 40 years into Gundam. And I think there's a lot of story to be told from different perspectives like that. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, this got me off guard. I didn't even know because it has been seven years since we, you know, got our last Gundam show. I didn't even know that they were going to continue with something else. So, yeah. And this looks like it's a completely new universe. And, you know, that gives them a lot of room to present things. And from the, some of the analysis I've seen from what we've been given, mm-hmm. says it looks like it's partly influenced by things like the expanse in terms of, uh, a corporatocracy controlling uh, outer space. Okay. Yeah. yeah I can definitely and, get into that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm lo- I'm just looking forward to seeing what they do in that world and just how dark they're willing to go with it. Because no matter what, you can go, you know, Iron-Blooded Orphans was, I refer to it as the Game of Thrones of Gundam because <laughs> of the political intrigue and the fact they had made no bones about 
killing whoever they wanted. That's true. Yeah. I, I remember watching that on Adult Swim. That's like the last thing I really remember watching on cable TV. <laughs> yeah. And it's like there were just some really brutal deaths, not just in how they were presented, but just story wise. Like there's some that you saw coming. Mm-hmm. You're hoping that they were going to go a different way. And it's just the dread that builds up and builds up and builds up through the episode. And then when it finally happens, even if you're not surprised, it still hits you harder than you expect. Yeah. And I think that has to do with like, uh, you know, good writing. You, you see it coming, but you're still like in shock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause you think, no, 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 they're going to, they're going to swerve it. They're going to swerve it. You know, they're going to do, they're going to do a change. Something good's going to happen. He's good. They're going to get saved and no, it just doesn't happen. They die. <laughs> Exactly. And I I respect the way they went about doing it because not a lot of the deaths felt gratuitous. They felt earned, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. Game of Th- you brought up Game of Thrones to explain this. Like you felt like some of those were, you know, gratuitous as well, or like came out of left field for no reason. <laughs> yeah. So like, oh yeah, we just need to show that anybody can die. And you know, while that's true, sometimes it's better for these deaths to be earned. And led up to exactly or be meaningful in one way or another, <laughs> yeah. And I'd like I said, it doesn't have to be grim and dark, but it's still, and I'm still looking forward to seeing what they do because there's always going to be the surface level wow, cool robot, and then everything that's going on underneath the surface, just like just underneath and even the deeper layers, yeah. yeah. And then I do have another question too, uh, in regards to Gundam. Like, why do you think um, this is such a big, you know, kind of big staple in you know the anime community and um, you know worldwide? Well, there's a few reasons. One is the model kits probably kept Bandai afloat for a while, <laughs> and uh, secondly, it uh, there's something to the writing that is carried over the long term. They've uh, had a lot of really good storytellers involved. They've had some really piss poor ones, Akinori and no, um, but uh, they've had a lot of really good writers. And part of it, uh, you know, people don't want to admit this, but the only reason the Gundam compilation movies after first Gundam happened was there was a lot of fan demand that was actually a lot of women. You know, the who, women who were going to conventions, women who were, uh, for lack of a better term, were shipping various male characters, <laughs> and that and that attention, that interest, helped basically helped save Gundam and keep it going forward. You know, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have had Zeta double Zeta if it wasn't for that first generation of fans. You know, who was definitely more gender balanced than I would say it is now. Mm-hmm without their interest that's true and well, i'm trying to think like uh exactly which one and they don't have it uh dubbed whatsoever but i know netflix has another has one of the gundam series that's just all you know uh subbed and i'm just trying to think if that's the one but i can't remember at the top of my head right now okay they've got i don't know about strictly subbed i know they've got the Hathaway movie. They've got Iron Blooded Orphans. They've got the three Gundam compilation shows. But I don't think, and I think they might have maybe one of the Build Divers shows. 
But other than that, they don't actually have a ton of Gundam. It's uh, it seems to mostly be migrated. It was all over the place for a while, and it's mm-hmm. starting to migrate over to Crunchyroll. And I'm hoping that we'll, I'm hoping <laughs> that we'll get some of the stuff that hasn't been available. Even if I tapped out on it for various reasons, uh, victory. Hopefully, that will end up there. Uh, hopefully, we'll get F91 there. We'll get uh, Gundam X, the uh, one that got canceled partway through. Hopefully we'll get turn A, which I haven't seen yet either. So fingers crossed. I gotta say, man, you know your shit, and that's awesome. <laughs> well, if I'm gonna be writing about it, I may as well do my research, right? That, that's true. Come on, uh, Bandai Namco, uh, uh, get this man a job doing something for for Gundam, please. This guy is awesome. <laughs> I I would love it, even if it's just like they throw the shirt with the even if they just throw the crest onto so into like a build divers episode just put the crest on the shoulder or on a shield for like half a second i'd be happy that'd be amazing <laughs> yeah uh it most of that is clip art i just put together the the stormland crest for lack of a better term yeah. i wanted to make something that looked a little like a military unit insignia mm-hmm. so i took pictures of a of two of my guitars at the time uh, i just com- turn them i turn the images completely black i cross sorry cross them over like a skull and crossbones there was originally a skull in there but uh there's an artist at this giorno on uh twitter and instagram that's uh t-h-e-z-j-e-o-r-n-o for anybody who wants to find him and commission him his rates are exceptionally affordable uh, he did the he did the Gundam head from the Lightning Zeta from one of the Gundam build series, and so I have that now, along with a uh, logo from another gentleman. And uh, there you have it. I mean, the logo is pretty clean. I do like it. <laughs> yeah, it it's a nice. It's recognizable. It's got the. It looks very much like something you might see, you know, militarily or you know, almost even like a sports team. It's got a little bit of that. Uh, Raiders vibe to it. <laughs> well, uh, you made uh, Jackie Daytona very happy by uh, referencing the Raiders. <laughs> I think Jackie will agree then that uh, it does have a little bit of that vibe. Uh, the next run of shirts uh, will be a little different. Uh, one artist, Christian Dan, who did the uh, album art, uh, his art will be on the T-shirts uh, that the pre-orders have closed for, unfortunately. But if the demand is there, there will be reprints. And then another local art, another artist who's local to me, JP Botch, who also runs my local comic shop where I buy most of my model kits. Uh, he did some art for me, uh, a skull within the helmet that goes on the Gundam and some audio cables. And then his take on the logo, which uh, that'll be on a tank top firm. And uh, I think nice. that turned out really what, nice as well. Okay. Yeah. And if you want to see what those shirts look like and uh, decide you want to start pressuring me for a reprint, that is all at stormland.bandcamp.com. Wow. You, you took two of my questions. You answered them yourselves. Uh, you know, what's the <laughs> logo based on? Who did that for you? And where, we can, where can we find your merch? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Bandcamp is a great platform. And if you want to go and listen to the singles there, you can. You can pre-order the album there. And uh, honestly, that's where I get the biggest cut of sales. 
if you're planning on buying it, not just streaming it. So go to Bandcamp. It is great for the artists. Uh, they do they just take a fifteen percent cut, and other and then after that, the rest goes to the artist. That's uh, actually not bad because um, uh, just going back to the EDM world, um, there was. Uh, I want to say maybe Calvin Harris when he first started out and he talked about how much he hated streaming, not like the actual stream itself, but if you went to um, the Apple store and you were to buy a song for 99 cents or iTunes, I should say, he said that he was only making 29 cents off the song. So it wasn't really helping out, but it's actually nice and refreshing to hear that uh, somebody buying the album on the website, you know, a lot more is coming back to you than just, you know, a minuscule 29 cents. Yeah. And there are, a, you know, you won't see major label acts on there, but there is a lot of stuff that people will enjoy there. If you're into like, uh, sorry, I think city pop is the term or basically like the kind of 1980s, 1990s style and, funky synthy anime type music there's a great label that's very active on there called neon city records so people into that can go check it out uh there's an artist in a similar vein named saint ocean that i would uh, highly recommend people go to Bandcamp and check out as well okay and um as a songwriter um and you know (laughs) a one-man band um you know for for me um because you know um i guess you can use the term millennial um you know grow up grew up with a whole like collecting albums i still have plenty of cds i have maybe like two boxes full of cds yes. uh to me that's like collectivism like how would if you could like how would you encourage the younger people um you know especially with everything streaming now like how would you encourage them to actually go out and buy you know say a you know a vinyl record uh a cassette because i've seen those actually come up quite a bit recently or cds like what you would your pitch like what would you say to entice them to buy it you know depending on the amount of space you have there is something that you can scale your collection to if you don't have a lot of space you can get cassettes you can get cds if you have the space and you like the art and you're an audiophile you can get the vinyl but the options are out there. Maybe not necessarily with me since, uh, you know, printing is expensive. Mm-hmm. And as you said, I have a one-man band. So until a label hits me up about licensing or signing me, then I'm not going to worry too much about that. But I will do fun little special edition stuff. You know, I with the last EP, Incident Report, I got some CDRs, manually did all the stuff on the, the actual CD itself. And then I created... A, what I call the dossier edition, which was all the lyrics and information presented as a dossier, an information dossier to go along with the EP. That's actually very creative. Holy shit. <laughs> well, you know, you have to be creative when you're at this level. Uh, one thing I'd hope to do, but I wasn't able to do to a shortage was I'd hope to be able to get a bunch of the Heropla model kits, the little round kind of mascot robot for Gundam. Mm-hmm. There's a, There was one edition of them where you can open up the mouth. And my oh. plan would have been to get a bunch of SD cards and a bunch mm-hmm. of those Hero models, paint the models, put the SD card inside the Hero, and then sell that as a special edition. 
that's an awesome idea getting little trinkets like that makes it worth it you know to me at least since i said collectivism i need to collect it all (laughs) yes yeah um and we have another fan question here uh so godzilla ultraman and emma galian are forming a new cinematic universe resembling the mcu mcu would they stand a chance against the gundamverse that depends on the gundam uh the evangelians would probably do the most damage but the turn a gundam has something called the moonlight butterfly which is basically nano machines that can dissolve anything so that's a universe destroying level weapon and i don't think the evangelians <laughs> could stand up to it uh Ultraman and Godzilla probably wouldn't have a chance, especially against things like the Iron-Blooded Orphans mecha, which have uh, what they called in the series a nanolaminate armor, which is designed to repel energy and beam weapons. So that might not work, and I don't think Godzilla would be able to move as quickly as would be needed to deal with the the Iron-Blooded Orphan mecha. And then Ultraman, if he got in close, he might have a chance, (laughs) but probably not i'm gonna say no with ultraman as well <laughs> all right so how about stark tech against evangelion stark tech against evangelion that i i don't even if even with the extremis armor i don't think stark tech would really have a chance you know there's the size at play sorry there is the size at play that's a big thing and then there's just the wild biological nature of the evangelion that i don't think the stark tech could account for damn all right there you go (laughs) you have it there um pretty much um you know uh start wrapping this up a little bit but uh, you know uh what uh what do you really like have planned for like your future endeavors like uh you know what you know what do you think the next big biggest challenge or biggest project you want to tackle uh, going on with your uh, music project right now? Well, right now I've got the biggest challenge right now is getting it into people's ears and getting people to check it out. And after that, we'll go from there. I'll take a, I have some padding to give myself time to write more material because I still have an EP's worth of material in the can. And that will come. I don't know when I'll release that. I'll worry about that. Uh, once I'm done the release cycle for the human cost and beyond that, we'll just, we'll see. If sometimes people ask me to co-write, I've done a couple of co-writes with uh, a New Jersey based act called walking bombs. And I'm open to doing that with other people as well. And I might have some stuff in the works beyond that. And we'll see if it goes anywhere. I don't like to confirm that anything's happening until it's done. (laughs) Yeah, I, I completely understand that. And by all means, um, anything that you do share uh, music related, like a project coming up, um, you know, we follow each other on Twitter now. So I'll definitely yeah. be retweeting you quite a bit. So thank you. And when press releases come, I'll be sure to send them your way as well. Yes. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, just to wrap it up here. Um, uh, I always like to close it out with, um, you know, where can we find you? How can we follow you? Like, um, uh, biggest projects, you kind of answered that already. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, where can we find you? All right. So you want to buy the music? Stormland.bandcamp.com is the best place. 
you want to follow me on social media, on Twitter, I am at Stormland Band. On Instagram, I am at Stormland Brand because I was for a time also doing some MMA writing, but that was <laughs> a few years ago. Uh, Facebook.com slash Stormland. I, you can find Stormland on any major streaming platform. That's S-T-O-R-M-L-A-N-D, small L. Ignore the Russians who have the capital L in their name and did not do their due diligence. Damn. Uh, that was actually going to be, how can we set you apart from the Russians? You beat me to it again. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm working on getting that all separated through uh, DistroKid and going through, sorry, and with the other platforms. Sometimes it can be a bit of a hassle, but I want them to have their fans eat. And I want to have my fans. If there's some crossover between the two, fantastic. But if not, I don't want them coming to me thinking that they're getting something different and getting their money to someone different. I would just assume they get whatever they're due. All right. <laughs> Anything else you want to cover? Uh no, I just want to say thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. It's always good to talk with people about uh, what I do, about the death metal I do. I can't wait for everybody to know the human cost when it is out on September 30th. And I just had a blast. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And thank you so much for coming on. Um, I can't wait to listen to more of your stuff. I'm absolutely stoked. <laughs> thank you very much. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Bliss.io